Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello, listeners. We are back with another episode of the RV. Today, we are taking a ride towards sunny Florida to speak to Tim McCarty. Tim is a Grandmaster martial artist as well as an educator. He has published a book called Raising Four-Dimensional Children in a Two-Dimensional World. So, Tim, welcome to the RV. Glad to be here. I love this collectible classic bus you've got. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm super happy to be going from Pittsburgh to Port St. Lucia. Very warm here. Yeah. How's the weather there now? Beautiful. It's, it's like a summer day in the 80s. I'm jealous. Here is kind of 27. Uh, well, that's why we're in the van and you can open the window and enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. So, Tim, I'm curious about this book title. So let's just jump right in. Sure. I've heard of 3D, but what exactly is a two-dimensional world? Well, the two-dimensional world is the world of flat screens. If you remember your basic geometry, length and width are the two dimensions. And so if you're listening on a computer and you look at it, you can see something, a picture that has length and width, but no depth. And so that is the two-dimensional world that more and more we seem to be living in and our children seem to be raised in. And so I would like to get the children out of their two-dimensional world and back into the four-dimensional world. And when I say four-dimensional world, that has two meanings. That has length, width, depth, and time. H.G. Uh, Wells said the fourth dimension is time. And so anything can have length, width, and depth. But if it doesn't last for more than a billionth of a second, it doesn't really exist for us. It has to last over time. So those are the four dimensions of reality. But... I draw a parallel to the four dimensions of human experience. We are all physical beings, but we are mental beings. We are emotional beings, and we are spiritual beings. And so most people think of educating children mentally, but I want to bring to their attention that the child needs physical education, emotional education, and spiritual education to live a whole complete life. Yes, totally. And Tim, what inspired you to write this book? Well, the inspiration was basically my life, and I consider it at this point my life work as a martial artist. I started out as a school teacher. And so I was teaching English, teaching the mental aspect to my students. And then I was a basketball coach. So I was teaching physically as well, but not at the same time. And then as a martial artist, I was also able to teach my students emotionally, help develop their confidence, and spiritually as well, teach them the difference between right and wrong. In the martial arts, it's very important to know how to punch someone, 
but it's more important to know when to punch someone and when not to punch someone, and that's morality. And so I developed programs for the martial arts over the past 30 years. And when I retired, no longer had that responsibility for my company, I decided average parents need to know this. And they need to have a way to help develop their children, not just mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so that was my motivation for writing the book, to get it out to everyone so they could help raise their children in all four dimensions. Very well explained. And Tim, you have a vast knowledge of Eastern and Western educational philosophy. So what would you say are the best aspects from each philosophy? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, unfortunately, Western education has to be all mental. Everybody focuses on the SAT test or whatever measurement test, even the IQ test, and it's all mental. And PE classes, sometimes they don't even have them because it takes away from the time they're trying to develop and increase their test scores. Now, in the Eastern world, physical is very important. But again, the emotional and the spiritual are very important. And so that's why, literally, I left the classroom to teach martial arts full time because I could have a bigger effect on my students and help them become more complete human beings. And which martial arts are you teaching nowadays? Well, nowadays I'm not teaching. I'm retired. But most of my training was in Taekwondo. Uh, I had a, an outstanding Korean master, deep philosophy. Uh, and then, of course, many other masters that I studied under. And he was somewhat of a renegade rebel in the Taekwondo world because he wanted to incorporate the other martial arts as well. And so we learned uh, things like Aikido, Hapkido, things like grappling from jujitsu, and we incorporated it all into our system. So I'm not in any way a master of jujitsu, but I am, I have taught it and have been taught. I tried the jujitsu in Brazil a long time ago. <laughs> Very popular in Brazil. And Tim, much of what children learn is by observation and imitation of what they observe. So what is your opinion about kids spending a lot of time watching TV, playing video games and social media? It is very risky. Now, you can't raise a child nowadays without it. Okay, Much of their schoolwork, their homework is done on a tablet. So they do need to spend some time there. They do need to be somewhat versed in video games in order just to get along with their friends or to talk about the, the latest movie or the latest TV show. So I understand that, but it's way overdone. Okay? Children should not be like toddlers. People put the child in front of the TV station or in front of the TV as a babysitter. And sure, it's cheap. But in the meantime, they're watching, I don't know, maybe 30 commercials a day that tell them to eat sugar. You need super pops and sugary sweet this and sugary sweet that. There have been studies that I mentioned in the book where just by watching the commercials, the children eat more junk while they're watching the, the TV. So especially for young children, turn off the TV. 
spend time face to face. Having a child read even a, a computer program book where the computer helps them read, tells them if they've got the word right, is not as good as face to face relation with a parent, learning people to people skills. Now you take that into the teen years and they're talking on the phone, but they're not learning how to relate to somebody face to face. They don't know by somebody's expression if they're angry or if they're sad because it's all text, 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 text. It's just not a complete, in my opinion, not a healthy, in my opinion, way to deal with the world. It has its place. Uh, my brother works for, uh, he does it, designs t-shirts and one of his clients makes millions of dollars a year as a champion gamer. He is like the best at this game in the world. Million dollar income at 20 some years old, 2022. So it's not that gaming is bad, but you've got to be, you've got to have a balance. There are four dimensions. Raise your child in all four dimensions and then let him choose which way he's going to focus on. I couldn't agree more. What has been the feedback from parents or perhaps fellow educators? The ones that I've heard from, uh, even the educators, are impressed by the research and the activities because, for example, one said, even with my educational experience, it opened my eyes to some things I could do with my daughter. And so that's another thing that relates back to the martial arts. In the martial arts, when you teach something, you say, okay, if somebody grabs your wrist, this is how you get out of it. Now, everybody practice this side, grab this side's wrist. Okay, this is how we do it. And we walk around saying, no, change it here, change it here, do this a little better. You're doing great. But try this, try that. But they practice. All right. So what I did in the book is I gave them the research and said, this is how the brain is working at this age. Don't expect your two-year-old just because she talks to understand what you're saying. Okay. And so this is how the brain is working at that age. Then this is how you can help bring it to the next level physically, separate activities mentally, separate activities emotionally, and even separate activities spiritually. And so it wasn't just, here's the information, but here's how you can practice and get help your child learn it, internalize it through the practice. Like you said earlier, not just telling, but modeling behavior. Students learn from what their parents do. And so if we can play a game or do an activity together, it's a great way to learn and develop this relationship over time so that when they're teenagers, you've got a relationship to fall back on. They're not just shutting you out, which is really part of the way the teenage brain works. Yeah. You know, the yeah. teenage brain is, uh, develops the us versus them. It gets very tribal. And then the us is the teens and their friends and the them is all parents. And so they kind of want to put you out. They try to want, kind of want to break away from the family naturally because they've got to develop to the point where they have the guts, they have the bravery to leave the family, which is comfortable. That's where I eat. That's where I sleep. And then if I'm going to start my own life, I've got to have the, the bravery to go out against that. So I've got some innate, I guess, genes that during the teenage years, I'm rebellious because I need to rebel against my family to get out on my own. 
And so you have to understand that. They're not sometimes rebelling against you. They're just rebelling against everything because that's trying to find their way through life. So I'm sorry I've jumped from toddlers to teens and back and forth, but I'm trying to give the owner's manual for children. You know, people, parents often say, oh, I got a beautiful baby, but where's the owner's manual? What do I do with it? Well, I've got a chapter for infants. I've got a chapter for teens. I've got a chapter for toddlers and everybody in between. That sounds very interesting. Tim, I see that your book provides fun activities. So as you said, the parents can play with their children. Do you have any example, just one example that you can give to us? Of course. Um, I'm going to jump into teenagers and because that's where you really get into the moral education and something simple, like a leadership drill. You're sitting watching a football game with your son and you say, all right, Bob, if you were the coach, what would you do next? And so he's got to think like a leader, take into account all the players and say, oh, I would throw a pass to this guy, or I would give hand the ball to that guy and let him do an end run. So whatever you're doing, now you take that back to maybe a three or four-year-old and you're reading a book together before he goes to sleep. And you say, oh, what, what's the doggy going to do next? And especially if he's read the book before, he can. it's an exercise in memory. But as he gets a little older, why would the doggy do that? And make him think, well, at, at a certain age, everybody thinks the way he does. So if he likes candy, daddy likes candy. At a When he gets to a certain age, like maybe five years old, he starts to realize that other people have different thoughts. And daddy likes broccoli, but I don't like broccoli. And that starts to allow them to, to view the world from other people's point of view and realize that what they do might hurt somebody. And so it's not just what, what I like to do, it's what might hurt somebody else. So that's all part of the moral education. And while you're reading, you just ask questions like that. Well, why did he do that? What do you think might happen next? And so very simple things that you can do every day to help move the child along emotionally and even spiritually. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, Tim, where can our listeners find you and this amazing book? And I also want to know if you are going to write a sequence of this book. Uh, currently, no sequence planned. Uh, as I said, it, right now, it's, I would like it to become my life work and my legacy for people, more people to hear about it, to get, take the advantage of it. And once they raise their children that way, their children will naturally raise their own children that way. And hopefully I can have that ripple effect through time. But back to your question, where can you get it? Uh, it's at 4D, that's the number four, the letter D as in dimension, 4D-2D.com. And you got to have that dash, otherwise you end up in China somewhere. So it's 4D-2D.com. And to make it super easy for everyone, you can get the chapter for your child's age for under a dollar. I mean, I don't want money to be an issue for anybody. If you are poor and you're trying to raise a child on your own and you're on welfare, 
you can afford a dollar to learn how to raise your child better. So you can get the chapter, download it immediately for under a dollar, or you can get the whole book downloaded immediately. And we do have a printed version, but that takes a couple of weeks to get. I'm going to download it right now, Tim. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Tim, I really appreciate the time you spent with us. Thank you very, very much. And you are always welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for spreading the word. I really appreciate it. And this is a fun bus. I really like the ride. When I'm in Port San Lucia, I will let you know that I'm there and we can have a coffee. That would be wonderful. And you and my wife can speak Spanish. Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.